Luke 23. As you're turning there, you know, with the bunch of the men of the church, we just got back from being up on the mountain with Jesus for two or three days. And man alive, it was, it was rich. Woo, it was rich in the things of God. My, my little tear ducts, I don't have any more tears. And my 51-year-old calves, they don't have much bounce in them anymore. They're sore today. And my voice, if it gets a little froggy, man, I have been loud for three days. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be loud again today. We're going to get ready for Resurrection Sunday. Now, if you've been here, we've been on this journey now for a couple of weeks, the journey of Jesus' life to the cross. We don't finish it today, but we'll end next week on Easter Sunday. And so when you start talking about the authenticity of Father God, that He was a God of the supernatural, that I call it the Big Bang Theory once again, that God spoke and bang. He created the earth in six days. And when you look at the scriptures, they were inspired by God. When you look at prayer, every time you pray, that's supernatural. Every time you think about salvation, the new birth, that's supernatural. But I look at Jesus' life too. He was born out of a virgin, that's supernatural. That his death, everything about it, that he would die and rise from the dead, that's supernatural. That there was over 50 recorded miracles in the New Testament. From raising to the dead, to healing, to speaking to the wind, supernatural. And so the reason I tell us that is to understand Jesus, it takes an element of faith. You just got to start believing the scriptures. And I remember when I came out of the world, I started hearing about Jesus and the scriptures and stuff started rising up in me. And I realized, and I got to receive him and I receive him by faith. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today here on Palm Sunday, how some of this, you got to receive it by faith. You just got to look at the scriptures here. Here we go in, in Luke 23, verse 33. And I'm just going to read this one verse to start here this morning. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And so when you look here, Calvary was Jesus' destination. He knew from the time he was born till the time he would exit this earth, this was the destination. But when you look at this, Jesus' journey didn't start there. Jesus' journey didn't start there in Bethlehem. It didn't start at the Sea of Galilee. It didn't start in a garden called Gethsemane, but it did start in a garden. Thousands of years before, a great tragedy took place when a man named Adam and a woman named Eve were seduced by the devil. And at that time, that took place. There was a prophecy that was said in Genesis 3.15. It said, there will come one who will bruise the devil's head. And this was where the journey began. And so as the course of time went on, God had different men that he would raise up. And he rose up a man named Abraham, who was referred to as a friend to God. And Abraham had a son named Isaac. And God said, let's sacrifice him to me. And so as Abraham and Isaac went to the place called Moriah to be sacrificed, Isaac didn't know that he would be the sacrifice. And he said to Abraham, his father, where is the lamb? And Abraham said, 
God will provide the lamb. He didn't say just a lamb. He said the lamb. And over a course of time, he raised up another man named, named Moses, who would be a deliverer to his people from Egypt. And in the process, he instituted a thing called the Passover. And in the Passover, for the, the, the spirit of death to pass over their home, they had to sacrifice a lamb that was without spot or blemish. And they would take the blood of that lamb and they would put it over their doorposts and their lintels. And at that time, it would pass over. Now look with me here in the book of John, chapter number 1. And I want you to see just how in the course of time, how things begin to take shape in what we call this journey of Jesus. John chapter 1, and let's start there in verse number 6. Reading here, it says, There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness, or to testify of the light, that all, all, underline that, through him might believe. John was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. And then again in John chapter 1, verse 29, look at this. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin offering was Jesus. And this is the one that was spoken of that would bruise the devil's head. And so now Jesus has come on the scene, and this Sunday that we're talking about is called Palm Sunday. That's why we have all the palm branches out here. Now turn over a couple books to John chapter 12, and I want to talk about Palm Sunday just a little bit here this morning, and, and give you a little journey into the scriptures of what really is the significance of Palm Sunday. Just not something that we do or celebrate. There's significance here with this today. John 12, verse 12. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast. Now, this was a feast, guys, called the Feast of Tabernacles. And this feast took place every year. And it would last seven days. Now, this was a feast, guys. These Jews, they understood what it was to party. Man, they had music. They had praise and worship. And for seven days, this would take place. I mean, this was a great day. This was a great time of the year. And so on this feast, it says, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees. Now, once again, if you look at the palm tree here, this top one, you'll see that the palm tree represented victory right here. It still represents victory. And so they would take these palm trees. And they went out to meet him, and they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, what was going on here, guys? This was the last day of this feast. And all day long, throughout the city, you would hear, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now, the word Hosanna in the Hebrew means salvation. It means God of salvation, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. So can you imagine, all day on this day, throughout the city, this is what you heard. But they would take these palm branches, and they would wave them. In representing victory, victory, victory. Now, think about this, that in these guys' life, most of them had been brought up 
where they heard the prophecy that there would be a coming king. Over and over and over. But this feast had always been about a proclamation or a declaration. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But the difference between this feast this year and all the other feasts, it was no longer about a declaration because Jesus was the fulfillment of that prophecy. This was the result of what Father God said thousands of years ago. So they would say, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so they would speak this over and over and over and over. Now to fully understand this, if you'll look where it says Hosanna and then the word blessed, that's cross-reference back to Psalm 118. Let's go there this morning. I want you to see some things there. Psalm 118, and that's where we'll read, and it'll help us to understand this feast that these guys were having here. You know, so much of the Bible, guys, was prophecy that's being fulfilled. And you've probably heard of the prophecies that there'll be one who will return again named Jesus. And just as this prophecy was fulfilled here, that they waved the palm branches and Jesus came in, the second coming of Christ will be fulfilled too. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Now, What I want you to see about this, this was a specific day. This last day of the feast, this is what they would say. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, what we understand about the word rejoice, that's the strongest description for the word joy in the entire Bible. The word rejoice is at its top. I mean, that's it. It's all powerful right there. Now, that word rejoice there, it meant to have a violent emotion. It meant to spin around and dance. I believe, guys, they would begin to shout and they would lift their voices. They would spin around. Now, think about this on this feast. They would have these palm branches and they would be saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they would get violent. They would spin around and dance and shout. You know what I believe it's like? When, when it says here they had a violent emotion, the message said they celebrated and were festive. In other words, they were excited about God. Now, my, my thinking on this is anytime we watch a football game, I mean, when guys in the NFL score a touchdown, they, they get violent. They don't go into the end zone and just lay it down and touch hands, touch hands. I mean, they take that and they throw it around and kind of like that. And I think in my own life, if I was in the NFL, what's not going to happen, one, I'm old, and two, I'm white. That doesn't happen. White men don't jump. But I'd take that ball and I'd, wham, I'd do it. How many of you think about your favorite guys in the NFL when they score? I mean, they got all kinds of things they do now. Well, think about this, that we get that excited over football. We get that excited. Some of you went to Willie Nelson. Watch that dope-smoking dude play the guitar and you got excited. But what about the things of God? And we ought to get so excited about it and be in and say, Woo! See, this is what they did. 
But guys, realize this. When they were doing this, this was just the declaration of faith. The fulfillment of this prophecy has not taken place. See, that's the blessing of us. They were doing it by faith. Which is the reality for us. He's come and he's died. And so think about this here. I'll pick up my mess. Don't get nervous over that. I'll pick it up. So he said here, this is the day the Lord's made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now listen to their declaration. It's bold. They said, save now, I pray, O Lord. Save now. Now this was a declaration of faith. And to me, it was bold. They were looking and saying, Yahweh, save now. Save now. And then look what they said next. And prosper now. That was part of salvation. That was their expectation here, guys. And so you know what they would do? They would take these palm branches. And every area, every direction, they would take that and they would shake it. And they would say, save now, oh God, save now. Prosper now, oh God, prosper now. And they would react with this with faith, with a passion and saying, we're trusting in you, Father God. We're looking to you. Verse number 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Now, part of the Hebrew meaning here for this is the word yashana, Y-A-S-H-A-N-A. Yasha na, not Yasha later, Yasha now. And see, even in our lives, guys, the Bible says faith is now. And so which one of us, we got to get a hold of this, guys, because their expectation, their declaration, their proclamation was for salvation and prosperity in every area of their life. Save and prosper me now, O God. Their, their blessing was on their marriage. Their blessing was on their kids. Their blessing was on their occupation. Now notice right here, they got bold with God about prosperity. Prosper now, oh God. It's almost like our confidence is in you, Father God. We know who you are. See, this is where we got to get back to as people of God. That we got to understand, He is a God of salvation. Yahweh, Yahweh. He is a God of prosperity. And God wants us to prosper in every area of our lives. That's part of our redemptive power. And so this festivity, guys, this was the last day of it. Now, what I want you to do the rest of this week to think about this. Here it's Palm Sunday. And Jesus knows what's going to go down on Friday. He knows he's going to be crucified. Now, think about that. He knows he's going to die the most terrific death you could die. And so I encourage you to go through and look what happens in the Scripture the rest of his week. I know one day in that week he turns the money tables over. I know one day in that week it was called the Last Supper. That was Thursday night before he would die. Now think about that. If you knew tomorrow you were going to die, tonight would be your Last Supper. What would you think? And so this is leading you right on up to what happens on Good Friday. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of Revelations, chapter 7. Revelations, chapter 7. Way back there in the back. Way back there. Now, listen to me here. The, the difference between Hosanna Day back then was it was a declaration. Now, for me and you, Hosanna, it's a fulfillment. 
It's a fulfillment of the Messiah, the person of Jesus Christ, and it's been done. Now get this, Revelation 7, verse number 9. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number. This is an, this is an eternity, guys. Now, when it's a multitude so big that you can't number it, you know what that is? That's a lot of folk. That's a lot of people. Now, look what it goes on to say. Which no one could number of all nations, of all tribes, of all peoples, and all tongues. You know what that tells me? When we get to heaven, there are going to be a lot of different people and a lot of different nationalities. So when you hear people say, well, our church is the only one going to heaven, they lied. I mean, when I read this, when, I, when we get to heaven, guys, it's going to be a lot like our church. There's going to be white sheep, black sheep, swirl sheep. There's going to be all kinds of sheep. And you know what? God likes it that way. And you know what? I'm just bold enough to say this to you today. If you got a problem with skin color, you need to get saved. Because every one of us in here are created by God. And this may be a huge revelation for some of you, but if they slit me, my blood's red. And if they split Milton right here, who's black, his blood's red. And you know what? He's got the same features as me, but you know what? The only difference is God kept him in the oven a little longer. And all us white people are jealous. You know, we'd like to be a little darker. I look and I think, why do we get so mixed up in that? You know what's wrong with our, our, our nation right now? We don't have Jesus. You don't have Jesus. That's the common... You get Jesus in people's life, color of skin doesn't mean nothing. You know, there was a guy at the Men of Iron, and he said to me, he's from a, a part of Oklahoma City, and he said, you know what blesses me? He said, I sit there and watch you. And he said, all the different men from your church, all the different color of skin, he said, they come up there and they hug you. And I said, I love every bit of it. And he said, I don't go to a church that way. He said, I go to a church of a lot of white people. And I said, well, they need to get saved. And so he just kind of looked, but I could realize, you know what? His desire was that. I thank God for this church, guys. You know what I want to tell you men? I didn't say that up there, but I'm going to say it today. I thank you guys for loving me and putting up with me. I appreciate you guys standing with me. And some, thank you. And some of the stuff I said up there, I hope it didn't offend you. And listen, don't go home and tell your wife, pastor said this, okay? Don't do that to me, all right? I only do stuff like that at the men of iron. Now, getting back on the subject here. It says, all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, they'll be standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Here He is. They'll be clothed in white robes, which represents or symbolizes righteousness. You know why we'll be standing in white robes? Because the blood of Jesus washes us white as snow. And so we'll all be decked out in white robes. And look what else it said. With palm branches in their hands. Right there in heaven. The fulfillment of victory. Oh, happy day. But look what he says in verse 10. And they'll be crying out with a loud voice. Not a quiet voice. Now why am I telling them that today? It's because when you read that right there. In heaven, guys, it was like the declaration in Psalm 118. Those people were excited about God. 
And I don't believe I can picture anybody. They're standing in their white robes with their victory sign up and they say, Millions didn't make it, but I was one of the ones who did. And they look at each other and say, Man, we barely made it, dude. And I go, How's it going to be in heaven? You know how it's going to be in heaven? It's going to be loud. Pastor, I don't like loud praise and worship. We better get used to it. It's going to be loud. So they cried out with loud voices. And it's some people that are so big you can't number them. Can you imagine the echo in there? The echo, the echo, the echo. And at the men of iron, we sang this song and they would go, oh, however they do it. You can't sing. And I know I can't sing. But a guy who had the gift of discernment would see in the spirit realm, he said that when the men of iron would begin to do the old thing, the angels would echo it back. The angels would echo it back. And he said that, that the louder and the more excited the men of God got up there, he said the angels would have swords in their arms. And when they would begin to echo it back, he said he would get so strong. And, and I took it that Jesus would give him the thumbs up. And he said they would literally take those swords. And he said they were cutting things off of men. And as men entered in, and I'm not going to point you men out, but some of you guys praise God. You gave it away. I saw you. That's what you need to do here. We need to be so excited about praising God. You know why? This is a rehearsal. I don't believe God said, boys, just hold out until you get to heaven. He said, man, we ought to be so excited when we come up here and worship God. And so look what he goes on to say. And they're standing there in their white robes and palm branches. And they're crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Unto the Lamb. Revelations 5 says, To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and power and honor forever. I want you to think about this a second. Zechariah 9.9 said that it was a prophecy that Jesus would come strolling into the city on a donkey. Now think here for a minute. That you had a grandma or grandpa that had told you years back, listen, listen, the, the, the Messiah, he's going to show up on a donkey. It's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. And, and, and grandma and grandpa die, and they leave the earth, and your mom and dad tells you over and over, listen, listen, the Messiah is going to show up on a donkey. It's going to happen. Watch. And here these guys are this day with these palm branches, and they're thinking it's just another declaration. And all of a sudden, they've heard this donkey, the guy on the donkey show, and he comes strolling in, and they're thinking, that's what Grandma said. The fulfillment. And can you imagine what they begin to do? They said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed, blessed, blessed as he comes in the name of the Lord. And I believe they started picking up palm branches. It wasn't one. It was a bunch of them. They started getting violent because you know what? They saw the fulfillment. They saw the fulfillment. And you know what? We can read the scriptures and it's already been fulfilled. But a lot of times we come into church and we just want to sit and say, Kumbaya. Jesus is good. 
I got a tea off time about one. And I'm really hungry. And I wish that guy had shut up so we could go home. And I look at that and I think, guys, the symbolic, the significance of Palm Sunday. I look at that and I think, thank God. Victory now. Come on up, praise and worship team. You guys are still here. You got to help me. Victory now. Victory now. Victory now. I tore a bunch of these up in the first service. I'm going to tear a bunch more up. I'm saved. I know him. But I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you can stand up here in faith and say, Save my kids now, God. Save my uncle now, God. And begin a declaration. But not only that. Man, some of you need to get your faith out there and say, Prosper now. Prosper now. Prosper now. A declaration. Prosper now. And I don't care. Don't hit them in the head. But go up and prosper now. Prosperity all over you. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And so the, the team's going to play. And I encourage you guys today, let's worship God. You can come up here and get these. I don't care how many you get. Come up and wave them like that. I mean, we ought to be spinning around and rejoicing. You know what? I don't care what people think. I don't care what they, they think. Man, when I bounce around, I don't care. It's not for your benefit. It's for His. He's worthy of my, He's worthy of my excitement. He's worthy for me to spin around and be violent. Come on, stand up. Come. Woo, hallelujah. Yashina.
Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, you can you can call us fanatics, whatever. I don't care. I'm telling I'm excited about Jesus in my life. And and just as they declared things, guys, that's what we got to start doing. See, this was their declaration for the whole year. You know what? Some of you that own businesses or in positions of jobs, man, I begin to say, prosper now, oh Lord, prosper. I receive that. I receive Some of you in your body, that's part of your redemptive power is healing. Man, put that on saying the name. This is my expectation. Victory now, oh God. Prosperity now, oh God. Some of you need to stand in faith today and begin to proclaim those things. And you know what? I mean, they did it by faith. We might as well step out and get out of the box and be excited about Jesus. Be excited about Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Well, listen, while we're all right here, just bow your head with me. You may be here today and you say, man, I, I don't know Jesus. Or you say, man, I've, I've never seen people excited about Jesus like this. But you sense something tugging at your heart today. That's the love of God. That's God. He's loving you and He's coming after your heart today. And so if, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you don't know Him that way, but you sense Him pulling at your heart, if that's you today and you say, in my life, just raise your hand. There's one hand. There's two hands. Listen, what I'm going to have you do is if you got your hand up right now, Salvation has come to the house of God. Come down here. Come down right here in the front where I can see what we're going to pray for today. And you know what? We may have these others just to wave palm branches all over you. I don't know. Come on. Come on. Here comes this one, brother. It is Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Anybody else wants to join him? Well, come on, guys. Let's clap for this one guy right here. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, just in the month of March, we've had probably 125 people get born again. Because God has moved, just moved, moved, moved. And listen, if you ever lose your desire to see people born again, man, I'm going to tell you, you got to get God to stir you back up. That was Jesus' great commission. Remember what He said there to the disciples? I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's, that's the desire right here. All right, buddy. Listen. All of you, all of you just lift your hands.